back to the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5. The show name is a reference to how many great Astros' last name begin with the letter B, who were playing back in the 90s when they were not winning World Series. Bagwell, Biggio, Barry, Bell, and eventually Berkman. You might not remember Barry and Bell, but trust me, you remember Blank and Brenham. Here they are now, live from the Veritex Community Bank Studios. He's Blank, I'm Branham. Let's go straight out to the HRP guest line. We're being joined by Chad Brown. Covers the Denver Broncos for KUSA TV9 News in Denver. Uh, Chad Brown, former NFLer, two-time first-team All-Pro, 1996-98. Did it at a man's position, too, that linebacker spot. So you know Chad Brown can bring it. Uh, Chad, thanks for taking some time, spending a, a few minutes with the Killer Bees this afternoon. When you look at this Denver Broncos team, I mean, you, you ha- I think the story of the season is you start 1-5. and five, They've won five in a row. Somehow they're 6-5. and five, and We thought Sean Payton was tanking for Caleb Williams. What in the world changed? It has been just such a roller coaster ride of a season out here in Denver. Obviously, the start was rough, as evidenced by the one in five record. Uh, we were talking about was Sean Payton the right hire after that Miami game, where the Broncos defense gave up seventy points. It could have easily been eighty-four points if the Dolphins would have kept trying. Was Van Joseph even going to make the plane flight home? Uh, at what point do we bench Russell Wilson? And now the Broncos have won five in a row. His defense has had a complete turnaround. Vance Joseph, uh, his defense has scored uh, allowed 80 points in the five games that they've won uh, versus that 70 points they gave up in one game versus the Dolphins. They've done some personnel changes defensively, schematic changes as well. Some of the play calling is different. Russell Wilson and Sean Payton have seemed to have arrived at a formula that brings out the best in Russell Wilson, but while eliminating some of the worst, it's been a dramatic turnaround, and right now the Broncos have the longest win streak in the NFL and maybe the best story in the NFL. Ted, I'm going to bring up culture because I know you having played the game, you know that everybody brings up the word, but it's important in the locker room. And uh, to your point, look, everybody was scrutinizing head coach and quarterback, and Russ was catching it last year too, so was the coaching staff. Sean Payton was supposed to be the savior. It didn't look like it was going well until it started to. Is the culture different? You guys got rid of some veteran players on defense. That young defense is flying around the football field. It seems like the culture changed when they started to kind of commit totally to just believing in their young talent. Yeah, there was a shift. Uh, you talked about getting rid of Randy Gregory and Frank Clark. Yep. Both guys, veteran players who uh, did not have an issue saying what they felt needed to be said. Uh, and so for a team that was still trying to figure things out, um, particularly with the one loss record being what it was early this season. I think uh, George Payton, the GM, and Sean Payton recognized we're going to actually be better off with these guys. We've got some young pass rushers who may not be as skilled as these guys, but they're going to bring it every single play, and they're not going to complain. So it was a bit of an addition by subtraction, moving those older guys out, placing some of the young guys into more prominent roles, so whether it's Darren Brown or Nick Benito or Jonathan Cooper in that edge room, Marvin Mims now starting to play a little bit more of a bigger role as a wide receiver and on special teams. Uh, so that kind of youth movement, um, I think, has brought this locker room together, as well as a high level of trust. I think the team recognized after the Daniel Hackett last year, just because a coach is cool and quote-unquote likes you, doesn't mean that's the path towards winning. Certainly Sean Payton had a bit of a rocky start for the Broncos. He had the, the article where he talked about Nathaniel Hackett and the Worst coaching job ever, which I think motivated the Jets earlier this year to beat the Broncos. 
And John Payton's kind of put his foot in his mouth a, a couple of times uh, this season. But that trust in having the overall plan, and if we stick and hit this plan, we'll turn this thing around. This locker room put the trust in Sean Payton, and things are now turning around. Being joined by Chad Brown on the HRNP guest line, I want to rewind to the offseason, the, the coaching carousel, because the, the Broncos and the Texans were both in the process of trying to hire a head coach. You know, I think at one time, both the Texans and the Broncos probably had both of these head coaches, D'Amico Ryans and Sean Payton, on their shortlist. In fact, D'Amico interviewed uh, with Denver and was reported never interested in the Houston Texans job, but still became the head coach of the Houston Texans. When Sean Payton was hired by the Denver Broncos, how was that received in the Mile High City? There was uh, some pushback, at least from the local media. Uh, Sean Payton had Drew Brees for all those years. He only won one Super Bowl. Obviously, Broncos' standard from a fan perspective and from a video perspective is incredibly high. And these last seven years since Peyton had left have just been awful. But before that, the Broncos were one in one of the most winningest organizations, not just in professional football, but in all of professional sports. So the standard was set, the standard is high. And for Sean Payton to come in um, with only one Super Bowl with Drew Brees, somehow Bronco fans viewed it as a bit of a disappointment. I personally did not. I recognize how hard it is to win a Super Bowl championship. I played 15 years chasing that ring for a long time. I was on two Super Bowl teams. We lost both of those. So I know how difficult that process is. Um, So I was pretty stoked to get Sean Payton. But I will say this. I did a coaching internship in San Francisco when D'Amico Ryans was the linebacker coach and had a chance to spend time with him for six weeks of the offseason program. So I knew what kind of coach either the Broncos or the Texans or whoever is going to land to be the wise is going to get. Um, and it turns out he has surpassed my expectations here in year one. So uh, you guys got a great hire out there in Houston. Uh, I can't imagine a better fit organization for what D'Amico Ryans is as a player and as a man and as a coach. And it seems like we got a good one here in Denver with Sean Payton. Chad, I'm curious because as a defender and as a 15-year veteran of the league, as you mentioned, and seeing all the quarterbacks that you've seen throughout your career, and you know how difficult it is when a rookie quarterback takes over the starting job of an NFL team and how the trials and tribulations seem to follow and they struggle, what's your observation of a guy like C.J. Stroud that comes into this league, gets handed the reins, says we want to see if you are our franchise quarterback, and then you see what he's been able to put down for the, for the more than half the season already? It's remarkable. It is remarkable. I, I, I don't think I've ever seen a rookie quarterback play at this level. Uh, ben Roethlisberger took the Steelers to a Super Bowl, and they won a Super Bowl his rookie season. But it certainly wasn't because of Ben. It was because of great defense. It's because they ran the ball. Ben wasn't great that year. Um, so there's been players who've had success, but I don't think the kind of success and statistical success that Steve Stroud has had this season um, – the interception numbers. I played against Peyton Manning his rookie year. I believe he led the league in interceptions his rookie year. Um, so even as great as Peyton Manning was, he didn't have just five interceptions and 19 touchdowns like C.J. Stroud has. So his ability to protect the ball, uh, and they're not you know, just check downs and, and passes to backs and slant rounds to receivers. They will throw the ball down the field. They will get aggressive with him. So he's not being you know, put into a cage to somehow maintain his, you know, low turnover ways, 
they're being aggressive with him as well in spots. So uh, it's been tremendous. And I am looking forward to seeing this game, what he does against a you know, Broncos defense that is finding ways to get better every single week. Chad, I want to borrow your expertise for a second. Chad Brown played in the NFL for over a decade, had over 1,000 tackles in his NFL career, uh, 79 sacks, was a two-time first-team All-Pro. The the other rookie for the Houston Texans, you're, you're an outside linebacker, an inside linebacker, and a 3-4 as well, mostly inside linebacker, but you still got to the quarterback, would blitz the quarterback, things like that. Will Anderson has struggled in his rookie year getting to the quarterback, but has been really good against the rush. If you could offer the Houston Texans fan base a word on patience and what you think the uh, the ceiling is for Will Anderson? I think Will Anderson has a great skill set. I called a number of Alabama games all uh, the last couple of years. He was tremendous, obviously, on the field for, for Alabama. Uh, I think I ended up with three, maybe three and a half sacks my rookie year when I was on the Pittsburgh Steelers defense. We were known as Pittsburgh. Yeah. So everyone got sacks, and I only got three. Um, after the season, Marvin Lewis sat me down, uh, you know, who went on to become a you know, great head coach in the league for a long period of time. And he's like, you know, sacks are tricky sometimes. There's so many different components to it. You beat a man clean, and it's a three-step drop, and the ball's out of the quarterback's hands. Um, you, beat a, you beat your offensive tackle, and you're coming in on the quarterback, and the pass rusher from the other side gets too far upfield and lets the quarterback out of the pocket and you can't get the sack. There's always those circumstances that can make your numbers appear lower than what they are. But Martin said, you know, Chad, you're disrupting the quarterback. That's what I need you to do consistently. If you do that consistently enough over a long period of time, then the sacks will come. So I would say that for uh, Houston Texans faithful, that Will Anderson will get it together. He will understand that football is a game of inches, and this offseason, spend some time, working on eliminating those inches. I, you know, you mentioned my sack totals from my career, 79 total sacks. Uh, how many sacks did I miss by just inches? I don't know, 30, 40? Um, so if Will Anderson is able to reduce those inches this offseason, getting off the ball a little bit more explosively, learning how to get off an offensive tackle quicker, learning how to get rid of a running back when it's a back-on-backer situation faster, all of those little tricks he'll learn this offseason based on what he did this year, I think will make him more productive next year. Chad, one more for you on the Broncos side of things, too, because I'm interested to see a guy that gets a lot of scrutiny like Will Anderson, but because of injury, too, in Stingley, going up against a guy like Judy, because Judy's a guy that came into the league, decorated, everybody was expecting wide receiver one. I know Steve Smith and others were getting on him a little bit, but it seems like now he's finding his way in this Broncos offense, and he's starting to be more productive, and that should be a good matchup to watch. Now, the Sean Payton-Russell Wilson, uh, kind of where they are right now, is the Broncos want to run the ball more than they pass it. Last week, Russell Wilson, I believe, only 22 attempts versus 39 rushing attempts. I think that's the ratio that they would love to keep. So Jerry Judy is maturing as a player. He's had a lot of immature moments here in Denver, whether it was picking up his phone after the game and talking about how he got his conditioning in including to the fact he wasn't throwing the ball, those kind of things, uh, pouting sometimes on the sideline, uh, some poor practice habits, things like that have shown up far too often for Bronco fans. But this year it seems to be getting it mentally together. But with the way this offense is going, um, it's hard to imagine if he's ever going to put up tremendous numbers at least this particular season. 
the Broncos' formula for success is for Russell Wilson to really throw the ball very short, a lot of checkdowns, a lot of uh, relief valve passes to tight ends and running backs. And then late in the second quarter, late in the fourth quarter, they finally let Russ out of the cage and let Russ cook, and they try to go down and get a, a, a touchdown scoring drive. Jerry Judy may have four catches, but there's not going to be a game where Jerry Judy's going to have eight or 12 catches. Chad, great stuff. Yes, thank you. Uh, really appreciate you coming on. Hope to do it again. Well, thanks for having me on. I certainly appreciate it. You got it. Chad Brown, Broncos analyst for KUSA TV 9 News in Denver. Uh, over a decade in the NFL, played a couple of Super Bowls and a two-time first-team All-Pro. Chad Brown uh, joining the Killer Beast. This is the first time in 30 years that I haven't argued the college football playoff BCS thing. Uh, I think maybe it's because there's a light at the end of the tunnel after this season. And Joe has a way for Texas to make the college football playoff. Must be the coffee. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Hey, Houston. You're live in the hive with the Killer Bees, Joel Blank and Jeremy Branham on ESPN 97.5 and 92.5. He's Blank. I'm Branham. Did you, uh, have you seen the Barry Sanders documentary on Amazon? No. I've seen like the first 30 minutes. Eminem's on it. They interview Eminem as one of their like interview the subjects. Connection. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was like Eminem on a sports documentary. That's kind of odd. I watched like the first thirty minutes and fell asleep. It was pretty interesting. A lot of people were like, "Why did Barry retire?" I uh, never really told anybody. It was uh, it was it was really 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 good. Different kind of guy, but boy, was he good. Very very good. Uh, Chad Brown apparently um, stood up John and Lance for uh, for us. Oh, good. I, it was brought to my attention that Chad Brown was apparently well. I don't think Chad knew this, but John and Lance thought that Chad Brown was going to be on their show. But he actually came on our show. Huh. I'd say that John and Lance got uh, put on the bench for us. Oh, I see what you did they there. Got put on the bench for us. All right, this is the first time in, I would say, 30 years that I haven't argued the college football playoff BCS thing. I used to waste way too much time arguing who should be in the college football playoff, who should be in the BCS, blah, 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 blah. And I think that the reason that I don't, this year, and this year is the only time that I, I can remember that I haven't, is because I, I think there's there's a I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like next year, you're going to a real playoff, and a lot of people are posting what the bracket would look like if you were in the 12 team playoff already this year. It looks like so much fun, but now like every team in the country is one going to have a chance, but then also can't have a complaint because like right now, even with a 14 playoff, you have you know Texas, you have Alabama, you have Oregon. All of them are arguing their resume and arguing their merits. Next year, you're still going to do that for the at-large teams, but you can also say just win your conference and you wouldn't have to argue about anything. You've never been able to say that before. You're going to be able to say that next year, and I can see light at the end of the tunnel what has been such a stupid playoff in college football for the entire history of the sport. No, you're right, Uh, and I think that I like the parody of the final year when it's getting down to four teams because I think, for the most part, it's still going to basically work itself out. We're going to see Florida State's obviously the biggest question mark and what happens with them against Louisville and and because they lost their quarterback and how the committee feels. But I think that when you look at this, what's fun is is this is the last year, win, lose, or draw, we have to deal with this format. And the fact that you're going to get to, I think, as close from a football perspective as you can to the final four approach of the 64 teams and the NCAA for basketball and March Madness. You're going to see a lot more interest and obviously a lot more revenue, but it's going to be a lot more fun to watch because you're going to see those Cinderella teams get their chance. You're going to see the big dogs have to win 
you know, multiple games and, and live up to billing. And I think it's going to be fantastic yeah. for college football. I cannot wait. But uh, this is the final year of this current model, uh, the four-team playoff. And we, we saw the rankings. The new rankings came out yesterday. Now, some teams are not too pleased where they are in the college football ranking. Like Texas is a team that's a little bit upset. I think Alabama is upset, too. And then it's like, okay, well, what do they have to do to get into the college football playoff? What is the path to the playoff? And Joe... Apparently, hopefully that that coffee's been good. Uh, Joe apparently has the path for the Texas Longhorns to make the Final Four. Okay, I think the only way Texas can make the college football playoff because Ohio State is ranked in front of them is if Georgia wins the SEC title, Michigan wins the Big Ten championship, and Washington upsets Oregon in the Pac-12 title. And then I think you need Florida State, obviously, to lose Mm – and, and right now the spread is 15.5 for Texas. I think if Texas wins by 20 points in the Big 12 title game, they will skip and pass Ohio State and make the college football playoff if it plays out that way. I think that's the only way they get in. They have to have all that happen in front of them, so the first and question they have is, to dominate. First question is, can they can they jump Ohio State? I was going to say. Because if they can't clear them, then right. this is a moot conversation. But that, that's why I think they have to dominate. Like if, if they Winning your conference should matter. And, and Ohio State cannot win their conference. I don't think that they need to dominate. I, I think that if they, the horns? I think if they win by a touchdown, I think they're going to jump Ohio State. The horns. Yeah, I think Texas beats Oklahoma State. Big Twelve title game. Always been a, band of, a fan of the Big Twelve. I've always said it's a, one of the best leagues that there is. I think that if they beat Oklahoma State by a touchdown or more, I think they jump Ohio State. Because I agree with you, Joe. I, I think winning the conference does matter, and it is a power conference. Uh, so I don't. I really don't have much fear if I'm looking at this from a Texas perspective that they would be ranked behind Ohio State. Now he mentions the Georgia aspect of it because now Georgia wins and eliminates Alabama. Because that's an interesting question, too. Like, if Texas beats Oklahoma State, Alabama beats Georgia, I think Alabama jumps Ohio State and Texas. Alabama will be in if they win win their conference. Even though Texas won the head-to-head? Yeah, I think so. I mean, they they just beat the number one team in the country. How do you leave that team out of the playoff? I I don't think you can. And it's from the SEC. And the only reason I'm asking, you guys have more expertise on this than me. I'm just the casual observer of this. But to me, head-to-head has always mattered. It it should matter. And and the truth is, Joel, that if if Alabama wins, if Alabama, Michigan, the winner of the Pac-12, the fourth team should be Texas if Florida State loses. Mm -hmm. And frankly, there might be even an argument, and I've made it now, that Florida State should not be in because of their quarterback play. Disagree with you. Okay, let me ask you a question. Let's say we could be in the 12-team playoff right now, Mm -hmm. and before they announced that – the the 12-team playoff, before all that happened officially, Mm -hmm. Willie Fritz took the University of Houston job. Mm -hmm. Do you think Tulane should be punished for that? No, absolutely not. See, I do. Absolutely not. That is criminal to be like, let's punish a team because their coach left, even though they have every single player still there. It's like that team busted their tails to win every single game, and now you're going to be like, oh, well, your head coach left, so we're going to strip away all of your hopes and dreams. That's awful. Is that your Notre Dame with the Brian Kelly? Yes. And and, and, Last night we were talking about it, BMAC and I. He brought up uh, Kenya Martin when yeah. he got hurt in Cincinnati. Cincinnati like, yeah. 
And I think it's they so were disaster. Stu- like, how are you supposed to I know. rank these teams? Are you ranking it based on the eye test? Or are you ranking it best on like based on the resume? Because like, if you're basing it off of eye test, then Georgia should just not play a football game all year. That- eh, we're not going to play this game, and you you know that we're really good. You know that our talent's the best. You got to put us in the in the top four. At, as it relates to though, the committee being able to do what they can do with a coach or a quarterback. I think to Jeremy's point, you can't punish the kids that if there's no change the to the roster, you can't punish the kids that have done everything in their power to get that team to where it is. And suddenly, because their head coach leaves, say, well, that means you guys get punished for the fact that he got a, a raise and, and, a, and a new job. I, I completely think, though, when you lose the quarterback, now it, it deserves some scrutiny because if you've seen them play and you've had the opportunity to have that team play a game or two after they lost such an impactful player, as a committee, I know you're worried about from a TV ratings perspective and from a matchup perspective and a competitive game perspective, if their backup looks like he can't do what's necessary, then I understand the scrutiny a little bit. It, it, has, it should matter because it, the – the job is to put in the best teams. It's not just about conference championships. And that's where, like, there is an argument of if Alabama beats Georgia to leave Texas out and keep Georgia in. So, like, I, I'm not going to ignore That'd that. That would be interesting. But it, it wouldn't shock me. Well, I mean, what if – and I think the most interesting question, honestly, is if Texas loses the Big 12 title game so we can remove them from this equation mm-hmm. and Florida State loses, mm-hmm. is the fourth team Ohio State? Or would it be Washington if Oregon wins the Pac-12 championship? It probably would be Ohio State. I think it would be Ohio State. And the way the Pac-12 championship game plays out probably is a factor. Like, like if, if it's Oregon like a field win- goal? Yeah, if Oregon wins in a game-winning field goal at the buzzer. Then Washington has to be in. Yeah, I think that Washington should be in. I don't think the committee would choose Washington over the big brand that is Ohio State. I know, but Washington would have a victory over a top three team in the country. Mm-hmm. Ohio, Ohio State does it not. It should absolutely be Washington. I have a hard time thinking the committee leaves the big brand of Ohio I State out. And I, I do think that that will help Texas get in if, if Florida State loses because like when you talk about brands and how that matters. I don't think Florida State's going to lose. I think they're. I think I, they're rallying around. I don't backup think so quarterback. either. T- t- two and a half point spread. Florida State's favored by two and a half. Louisville can play. Louisville's not a. If Louisville's Louisville, a good football. If Louisville team. beat Kentucky last week, I'd feel a little better that they could come in playing their best football and they could maybe catch Florida State. I'm a little concerned. I mean, Mark Stoops is a great coach, though. Like oh, he's right. the uh, Aggies discourage. Yeah, Mark, here we Mark go. Stoops, he's a great coach. He's the he's the next coming of who? Who was I saying yesterday? Bear Bryant. Yeah, he's the next. He's he's our modern day Bear Bryant. Last time that A and M took a coach from Kentucky was Bear Bryant. They tried to do it again, and they let the modern day Bear Bryant walk right through the door. They let him land in College Station and send him back. It was a good game last week, though. I mean, he's a rivalry game mark stoops a great coach he lost by seven like i think i think i mean Louis, this is a i think it's a coin flip ish game two and a half point spread either either side can win i i'm i mean i'm kind of naturally contrarian i'm pulling for florida state to make the college football play i, I think i want them to win the whole I mean, thing. Like every, I the committee's obviously pulling for Louis i want them to, to win do, the whole thing do them do them a favor I mean, I mean I, Florida State's a brand, though. Like, I mean, you're not really, you're not they losing were. eyeballs with with Florida State being in the college. No, but play, I even think, with a backup quarterback. Well, I'm saying to the discussion of whether they would penalize Florida State because their quarterback's down, they wouldn't have to do that I if think Louisville they, beats Florida I State. I think they I think they gave us the, our answer though on Florida State yesterday. I, I think that they because they have Florida State at four. I think the committee has already told us that Florida State, it, with a win, yeah. would make the college football play. Yeah, I, I think, think they, they gave us clear. our answer yesterday. Like I, that was the biggest thing I took away from the playoff yesterday. Yeah, because like, I agree. I don't think just because Ohio. 
Ohio State's in front of Texas, like that that's crystal clear. But I think it is very clear that Florida State at four means if they win the ACC title game, they're in. And I, like, I know that I'm probably in the minority of this opinion about the quarterback that if with Jordan Travis being out. I don't think you are. I, I, I bet you it's close to 50-50. Mm-hmm. And, and the thing is, though, is like the one argument people want to make that I've seen about Florida State not being in I hate is that it's going to be a blowout. But look at the history of the college football playoff. Every single year since it's been created, there has been a like 15-plus point loss in the first round in the semifinals. Like It has been a disaster basically since its inception. Yeah, history doesn't equal the future, though. But that's why I'm saying from a committee standpoint, because they don't want to get into that discussion about Florida State without their quarterback, without Travis, I, I think the committee is quietly saying, I hope Louisville wins because we're worried about a better, more competitive game. I think they would like to find a way to either put the loser of the Pac-12, Ohio State, or Texas in. They want to have a reason to be having that conversation. I, I agree. I think they want Florida State to lose. It's 5105, there should be no way Georgia gets knocked out of the college football playoff if they lose. I, I tend to believe that. I, I agree, think, too. Okay, here's an interesting scenario. Let's say all of the other teams in the top four win. You know, Michigan wins, Washington wins, Florida State wins, Alabama beats Georgia. What's your final four in that? Like, is Florida State j- dropping to five? Alabama's jumping them? I mean, no. So Georgia loses to Bama. Michigan wins. Washington wins. Florida State beats Louisville. Georgia's out. Georgia's you think out. Georgia's and out? Alabama's in. See, I think Florida State's out under that scenario. Yeah, I think he might be right. I think you get two SEC I know. teams. I, I know you're probably right. And, and the Oregon Washington might not even matter. Like, who, it doesn't matter who wins the Pac-12 yeah, game. Like, I that's cannot. A, that's so a Alabama beats Georgia. Matchup. They have to be in. I think so. Yeah. Yeah, I think so. So like Washington, Oregon, I would love Washington, Oregon's kind of a fixed thing. Like it doesn't really matter what they do. That's a quarterfinal matchup. Winners in, losers out. Right. Like right. I don't think there's any I way agree. Washington yep. makes it if they lose. Like Washington could lose, Florida State could lose, Ohio State doesn't play. I guess Texas could lose, Alabama could lose. It would take a miracle for Washington to lose and still be in the top four. So if Michigan wins, Washington wins, Florida State wins, let's say even Texas wins. And then Alabama beats Georgia. What in the world is your top four? How incredible would it be the last year of the four-team playoff? It's just complete chaos. They yeah. choose to leave out the SEC. They've been in every single one. I don't think you. I don't think. Yeah, but no, if no, Alabama no, 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 beats no, no. Georgia, they're in. I think there's guaranteed one. But the Pac-12 and the Big 12 were better. Had more ranked teams there's throughout the year no chance. than the SEC. There's no chance. I know. There's but an I just, Alabama or Georgia like the, out. The idea we could out. wake up and like on a, on a Wednesday morning and Tuesday night they announced the Final Four and there was no SEC team would be awesome. Florida State, under that scenario, might drop to six. Because Alabama would pass would pass Florida State with a win over Georgia. Georgia, Georgia, I don't think would fall below Florida State. Michigan with a win ahead of Florida State. Washington with a win ahead of Florida State. Texas with a win over Oklahoma State. Do they jump? Do they jump Florida State? Probably not. Probably not. Probably not. So I could see Florida State as low as five under that scenario. I agree. Florida State could win and still be left out, but it would take an Alabama win over Georgia. Yeah. And I think it has to be a really, obviously, like a so field weird. goal game. But then how do you leave Texas out with a win over Bama, who just beat Georgia? Then, but That's what I'm saying. The head-to-head ma- should matter. It should, but, but the when it is, happens, is it's like, also going to matter. If, you, if the argument is like the SEC is the SEC, so Georgia should still be in over Florida State, then Texas should be in over Florida State no matter what. Like yeah. that's like people like want to have it both ways. Like it's like well, they want Texas to be in no matter what if Alabama wins the title game. But then if they win the Big Twelve title game and and 
Georgia wins the SEC championship, they still want to put in Florida State. This is like, the perfect year for a 12-team playoff. This is what <laughs> the 12-team playoff is a year late. This is it's the, actually 100 years late. But this is what the 14 playoff was created for. This is the first time in its existence, really, where you have so. all five conferences have a real argument to have a champion. But you might have six contenders with a 14 playoff. No, but each conference, I mean. Like, yeah. you've always had, like, a lot you're of being, contenders. Uh, you're being taken to task saying, what, where did you get to the Pac-12 is better than the SEC? It's been better this year. They've Based had on what? All the rankings. Okay. They've had five or six well, teams in the top one. twenty-five all year. I'm talking about depth. What's, I'm what not are the Sagarin ratings best like player the conference? The Do you have any team. measurements on this? No. Are you just this is uh, this is the Joe George eye test. The Pac-12 Joe George can read a list test. He can read a top twenty-five. Yes. That's subject to voters and biases and all of that. Are you so list, is the college football you're playoff? The Joe George list Tui? I cannot wait for a twelve-team playoff. I, I'm I'm Neither so excited. Can the networks. Somebody was some people were texting saying the 12 team playoff is going to be very catastrophic to college football. Everything already is way? catastrophic. I think Why is it catastrophic? Money nil transfer portal, oh, but it's already co- there. No, but I think the college football playoff is, is going to be so much better than because not just the rivalry games the last week of the season matter. Like all of college football matters. You have all these games where like the intensity is just revved up because you can be a two or three loss team now and make the playoffs. That's great. Well, I think it's more like the money in it. I think that college football is turning into Premier League soccer. Fair. uh, Where you have Mm -hmm. the transfer portal slash transfer window. You have, like, really good players on the mid-market teams. They get bought by the high-market teams. Uh, The players that fall off from the high-market teams, like, reload to the mid-market teams. Uh, I think that college football right now is very, very European soccer. Uh, 713-780-ESPN, HRP listener line, 713-780-3776. Joe makes faces on Wednesday. Why is he making faces? Today. It's the Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Anyone can have a hot take on sports. You're going to continue to be a bunch of soft, underperforming, tattooed millionaires? But that's not what these guys are about. Joel and Jeremy are real, actual human beings, guys that have lives, families, and feelings and stuff. So it's WTF Wednesday. WTF, why the phase? Where these guys let you in on their non-sports interests, goals, and dare I say it, dreams. But more than likely, they're going with all of the WTF moments of the past week. It's WTF Wednesday. Why the phase? With the Killer Bees. Oh, a lot of people are... uh crushing you about that SEC take right now. She's probably making faces for that. A lot of people are sending us in like resumes and Texas is better because of this. Ohio State's better because of that. I'm so ready for a real playoff with qualifiers. So ready for that. All right, Joe, why are you making faces? Well, first, we got to start with uh, Sports Illustrated here. Mm -hmm. Sports Illustrated has uh, AI written and generated articles being published and they even created fake pictures for these fake authors. Bad look. How did they Horrible look? Horrible look. Are the pictures? They look, look like people. Have you seen, uh, do they look like real people or do they look like, uh, you know, what happened to the music there? Oh, sorry. Max Headroom? Man, you would think you'd be on your P's and Q's after you're all caffeinated and ready to go. <laughs> uh, you know, I've seen like these AI generated like stadiums and like people and it always is like an advanced version of people in stadiums. You know what I mean? Like, it's always... Did you see this new thing now where they're trying to say that if celebrities were paired up and had a family, like, what the family would look like, and they're doing AI-generated, like, genetics of how these kids would look and how the celebrities would look? Yeah, it's weird. It's crazy. It's really... I think that that... uh, It's weird. What I want to know, like, SI is stupid. Like, this is terrible. This is bad for all of us. Like, we're going to have robots 
serving us food and I mean, robots already drive our vehicles. They already fly our planes. We're gonna all going to be out of work. I'm not sure we're going to do all day. I um, think we'll be okay. What about? But what, I yeah, don't know. Well, we might be. But AI can talk. They are, they have that is there is a radio company that's done that. Really, See, the entertainment industry is in big trouble because now they're taking the exact voices of all of these high ranking well, performers and creating no, like, no, no, original that's what the, songs. No, but that's that's what the strike was that's about. The whole strike was. Yeah, for. they got them like they they got them on a deal where they can't use AI. Yeah. It was just bizarre to hear, like, where they took Adele, well, they, were, they took I some mean, of them, and they just had... You're right. They were scared. That's why That's why they, they. That's a big reason why they had the strike. They signed, like, whatever deal, their agreement they had, their CBA, where they can't use AI to take jobs. We need yes. to do that with Gal. No you think AI? Gal would sign up for that? You know, if we, I mean, we're making a lot of money in BZ Money. I, mean, I, I feel like he might. Money. Maybe not for everyone on the station, but for us. Yeah. yeah I mean, the bench. Could, or John Lance. producers, maybe. Yeah, the need, bench is, I don't know what that is. You probably is. don't need producers. Just on-air talent, on-air What, what if you need coffee? Uh, I didn't get coffee. Today. I mean, I got a producer that I needed a Joel producer to get coffee. me coffee. Here's my biggest question with SI using this AI stuff. What does this do with the SI jinx? I feel like the SI jinx has been dead because they're irrelevant. I hope that the SI just jinxed artificial intelligence. Mm, jinxed all the robots. Yeah. So we're not going to die. I've seen iRobot. Okay I know movie. what happens. Is iRobot a good movie? No. Super mid. It's fine. It's a mid-robot. That's what it is. All right, what's your next face? All right, Mark Cuban's being weird. He sold the this Mavs. weird. This is a phenomenal genius. deal if you're Mark Cuban. And, but the day after he leaves Shark Tank? So he, he bails on Shark Tank. Right. He sells the Mavs. So I think the question that everyone wants to know, Mark Cuban 2024? Question mark? I saw his odds. Oh. I saw his presidential odds got cut in half. I think Mark Cuban's running for president. I saw that they got cut in half. Now, why Why would he still have, like, what are they calling it? Like, the governor of the team? He, the, uh, the, he's controlling basketball operations. The Adelson yeah. family. I think, it's, I think the title is, like, governor of the Well, members. no, he's, he's, no, he's the not highest owners, ranking. They're governors. Of, yeah, remember. the board of governors is for all the highest ranking officials of each individual team, and he will represent the Mavs on the board of governors. I forgot about that stupid thing. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that they're not owners. They're governors. The governor sounds worse. That's what like, I said. Governor sounds like a that's southern I, term. That's what I said, too. I was like, governor? it makes no like, sense. Whenever, like, what's the saying? Thank you, governor. Like, exactly. That's a southern thing. You need thing. Paul Gallant to do that. Yeah. With his the limitations yeah. he does. Governor's a can I, southern word. Owner's can, not. Can I tell you the why the face of all of this, as much as that deal's unbelievable for Cuban to get three-plus bill, still control basketball operations, and have 30% of the team, and be the number one spokesperson for the team? The family that bought it, I guess casinos, I don't even know their oh, name per se. But the Adelson family. The Adelson. Adelson. Did you the see the numbers? Venetian. She gave up 10% of her overall worth at 3.2 bill. 10% of yeah. her overall worth is 3.2 billion dollars. I mean, I think Good. it's like the So God. what's her what's her overall worth? 300 some bill, right? It's 32. 32. Oh, it's right. I'm thinking 100%. Yeah, or, or, 32 yeah, billion. Right. Yeah. I don't do math, so I don't know why I you're asking me. Well, I mean, I was uh I was, uh, I was a math major for a semester. No, yeah, but like she's got like you have like the Venetian and the Palazzo in Vegas. I would like, sell it all and not work. There's a lot of people that think that this is, she is a... she work anyway? I would liquidate and go golf every day. 
At the Venetian. Do they have a golf course? But she could do uh, all yes. of that. She's got other people working. She's I know, but still, it. you have the stress of like people like putting stuff on your desk. Here are the finances this I week. I don't think she does. She, I mean, she's but just, that's she's what, just negotiated. Well, she probably No, but that's why I think but she's Cuban's still running it. That's my point. Well, I think it's his hobby. Yeah. It's like he, what he does for fun. There is a large part of the gambling community well, now that thinks that like this is a, a sign that because this family is buying in to Dallas the Dallas Mavericks, to Las Vegas, that um, Texas gambling's coming. That between this family oh. and Tillman, that like like this could be the catalyst. Tillman won that for here? sports betting. I mean, he'll make more money here than he would like Charles. You'd have to build though. That's true. I mean, I have no idea. I'm I'm not Actually, sophisticated don't. enough to to know anything about this. I am not smart enough to be in the room. <laughs> The, the Cuban part of this, though, is he can't let go. This is his his toy. He yeah. loves sitting next to the bench and arguing with officials. And this is, as much as he gets exposure in other places, he can't let go of the NBA. Yeah. That's a lot of money. Are you getting another one? Yeah, a uh, Vietnamese man was uh, suffering for headaches uh, with uh, from headaches for five That's months. Racist. He uh, had chopsticks stuck in his nose. That's super racist. Yeah, I don't know. that. Th- this is, what is How is it racist? If you want to be a producer for the Killer Bees, send in your how resumes. Seven one three seven eight zero ESPN. Figure out a way. Ne- yeah. Next, you're going to tell us he was a male golfer. Super racist. And he had chopsticks and it stuck in his nose. And you're asking us how that is racist. I, the New York Post wrote the story, not me. Either you're getting fired or canceled for racism, or you're getting fired or canceled for stupidity. None of the by above. saying that is not racist. It's not. Are it's you a car wreck factual. today again? It's a, well, because of the start of the show, yes. Racism but, can be factual. Well, many times. I'm just telling a story. He had chopsticks stuck in his nose. He thought he had a headache for five yeah, I probably, months. I probably would have picked a different one, Joe. Why? I just told you why. How do you how do you get chopsticks stuck Joe, in your nose? Joe, have you ever heard of a segment called Male Golfer, Female Golfer Food? Yeah, that was... That, that. Would pro- that would probably be what Jeremy's indicating would be the first indication. If something like this pops up, you'd probably push it to the side. Yeah, probably not because I'm saying it like a normal... I'm talking the way I normally talk. Oh, you were going to go hard and... Yeah. Then you decided to hit the brake. Yeah, I didn't want to piss off John too good, much. Good idea. This is how you normally talk? That's how I normally talk. These are things you normally talk about, stories yeah. you normally bring up. I don't have up. a fake accent telling the story. I'm okay. My guess is he, tra- he wanted to smell his food. That's my guess. But how do you how do you get it stuck in your nose? Smell your food with chopsticks that far? And it's stuck wanna... there for five months. <laughs> I think I'm going to leave this one Yeah, out. I got another one I was <laughs> going to say, and I'm just not. I mean, there's a certain test you take by doing that. Oh, oh I was going to go... Yeah, the vid. Do, is, did that happen to people? I have no idea. I don't use chopsticks to test. It's not a Q-tip. It kind of work. It's kind of the same efficiency, though, right? Could it be? No, it, well, you better have a hell of a grip. Did you ever do a take-home test? Yeah, yeah. I don't. I never did. I, how many How many COVID tests did you take in your life? Three. Three. I had to take. I mean, I do it like flying planes and stuff like that with teams. Like you had to take them semi-often. Oh really? Yeah, I hated it. So you got to do the Q-tip up the nose every Several time you get times. on a plane. With I've done, team? I've done the Q-tip up the nose. I did it. I mean, I got tested at the doctor once. She's like, "You want to take a COVID test?" I was like, not really. Like, you're gonna tell me I either have COVID or I don't. Either way, I'm sick. Um, I did it. I did it. I think three times. Yeah, I'm not a I think big I did fan it three of that. Times. How that feels going up your snout? I cried. Did you? The first time I cried. Like, it did, like it wasn't. It, it wasn't. No, no. It was just the. It was just like the reflex. Like you had like a tear. It's like or you're like your weak. eyes no, watering. It's, like, or? it's no. It's like whenever you have like allergies in your eyes water, or maybe like something super spicy in your eyes water a little bit. The first time I had that thing stuck up my nose, wasn't a chopstick. Um, it made me cry. <laughs> Felt like it tickled my it, brain. It brought. It, it was awful. I hated that stuff. Hated it. You know, the worst thing I've ever seen in my life was when my three month old son got it. 
and they did a COVID test on oh, him. Oh, brutal. Oh, yeah. My it kids, was my awful kids the same, the same way. Watching this, like, three-month-old, like, get his neck just uh, jabbed. It makes me, I hate that stuff. All right, yeah. let's let's move on. Uh, let's play Guess the Date on Lance McCullers again. Is there a timeline for Lance McCullers? He was speaking because he's about to host this Houston Sports Award. I'm sure he's going to be really, really funny. Uh, so let's guess the date. When does Lance McCullers pitch a real Major League Baseball game for the Astros? 713-780-3776. And who pitches first? next year for the Astros. Lance McCullers or Luis Garcia? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees on ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5. Uh, my colleague, O'Cooks, U of H class of 1990, he's been protecting the interests of businesses for nearly 25 years. HRMP provides comprehensive human capital management services, including HR compliance, benefits administration, and payroll. HRMP will also work with you to customize a plan for whatever you need. There's nothing cookie cutter about HRMP. A little bit of help, a lot of help. Anything in between, HRMP will create a plan for what you and your business needs. Also, their customer service is second to none. You'll never talk to a stranger on the other side of the line. You'll be calling someone that is familiar with you, familiar with your company. I can speak to that customer service. Anytime I have a question, always get a quick response. Very easy to understand. Let HRMP take on the demands of human resources and eliminate your HR burden so you can get back to growing your business. Give them a call, 281-880-6525. Let HRMP customize a plan for you, 281-880-6525. 525 or check them out online hrp.net that's hrp.net welcome back to the killer bees on espn 97.5 killer bees are also known as africanized bees and we all know there's nothing africanized about these two guys it's joel blank and jeremy branham that would be a lie three percent key from la says i really enjoy when you guys talk astros can y'all please do it more okay Okay, we like to do what our listeners ask for us to do. So, Keith from L.A., since you want us to talk more Astros, we'll talk more Astros. Uh, Lance McCullers, he's, he's hosting the Houston Sports Awards thing. He's emceeing it. I'm sure he's going to be hilarious. I think it's going to be a great time. Uh, he's probably going to save some pets and dogs and stuff like that. So, he did what? That's what he does. He does. You're right. does a hell of a job. Yeah, I want my pitchers being dogs, not saving dogs. Okay. It's true. That's why I Greggy do. hosted it last year, right? I don't remember. I think so. Did he? That's mm-hmm. good. Uh, hopefully he didn't serve everybody a salsa. Um, anyways, he met with the media. They were talking about his timeline, things like that. Uh, so it made me want to play the game that we did last time with Lance McCullers, and nobody won because Lance McCullers didn't pitch in 2023. Guess the date on when Lance McCullers will pitch for the Astros. 713-780-3776. If you get the date right, Joe will send you some chopsticks or a shirt or something. Shirt, uh, weren't be, you working on shirts? Uh, yeah, but we didn't have a winner, so we never made We didn't made have them. a winner. But just to be clear, we actually still have a competitor from last season. There we is had a, somebody that was still in the hook? There is a number on the uh, the Google Doc. Really? They said game three of 2024. That's right. I do remember it. that. So we still technically, that person... He's still the, eligible. The only An chance. Outside, outside the chance. The only chance. So the problem is there's a chance. So what? guess the date on when Lance McCullers, Joe will, Joe will do the math and write them down. You can't say a month and then the year. You have to pick the exact day. You have, it's, it's like pick the date whenever a, a mother gives birth to a child. You have to pick the exact date. No month. That's lame. Pick the exact date. What date are you going with here, Well, Blankers? we don't have a schedule, so we can't say that there's no, a game that there day. There is a schedule. Oh, Blankers. that's true. That's true. There's a schedule out. Yeah. Pick a day. Pick a day. When does Lance McCullers? Do I, just they, went, I just went to the schedule page and I got a 400 bad request. That's not good. Um, do they play July 17th? 
I don't know. I can't pull up the schedule. It's blocked well, well. on our. We can't look at the Astros schedule on Gal Media Internet you for can't? whatever Why? reason. It's it's blocked. It's a bad whatever they call it pathway or whatever. I'll have to go to ESPN real quick. Do you want to? You want to guess? I mean, there's a good chance they play that day. They play almost every day. Well, I'm going to say Major League Baseball. I'm going to say mid July. So if if there's a game on July 17th, I'm going to say July 17th. Okay, July 17th is the the guess for Blankers. Um, what is your guess, Joe? How about here? I have the schedule up right now. Okay, you said they, do they not play. play on they don't the play July 17th. Of course, of course, you pick the one day in July they don't play. 16th. Okay, July 16th. July 16th versus the Tigers. Actually, that's do they play that day? Oh, I'm not. Oh, we're in June, Jeremy. That's the problem. That's, I think it's the All Star break. Oh yeah, that's the all. That's the All Star break. break. They don't play. So the so the the first the, the first game that they play after the All Star break is July nineteenth. The last game that they play before the All Star break is the fourteenth, July twenty first. July twenty first. All right, oh mark it down, gosh. Joe. Go July twenty first. July twenty. Was that your guess? No, I just can't believe we're talking about Lance McCullers. In well, July. but I'm thinking about it by trying to put some thought into the fact that after the All-Star break, they're probably going to reset their rotation. They're probably not going to have him pitch the first game. Years right, but they're going to probably have Fromber or somebody pitching that day or JV. So I'm, I'm going with the third game back after the break. All right, so July 21st for you. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to do what I did last time. Go uh, get coffee? April 23rd. That early? Okay. Y'all are he, both going to be wrong. He said that he would be starting in January to throw mm-hmm. before. Now, I think this headline where it says he expects to pitch yeah. in 2024 is, I don't know if it's just obnoxious or he's hurt again. You guys didn't read the story. You guys are both going to be wrong, but you're, you're stuck. There's no take backs. I did not read the story. I read <laughs> a headline. didn't I'm read the story. If I don't win, you're not going to win. You're not getting that Killer B t shirt. Uh, McCullers meeting with the media. My recovery is going well. Uh, I'm looking to play catch here in the coming weeks, days, whatever. There's a couple things in the rehab left that I'll do this week and probably next week to clear me for throwing. And then hopefully we pick up and work on getting back out there on the field. Okay, cool. About to start picking up a baseball. That's neat for a pitcher in, in baseball. When they went in for the actual surgery, the flexor tendon was off the bone instead of partially, and it was a little more intense surgery. Same rehab, per se. Just can't do everything as fast as we wanted to. So I was dealing with that for quite some time, and looking back on it, maybe I wish I would have gotten surgery sooner. Mm. That would have been nice. Uh, but surgery is always the last option. You never want to rush surgery. So maybe it was Lance McCullers that didn't want to have the surgery, and the Ashes were pushing him to have surgery. But here is the timeline quote. Rehab's gone well, even though he hadn't picked up a baseball. I can't really put a date on a possible return because I don't want to say something where I would be wrong. But when I came out of surgery, they definitely were saying closer to the 12 to 13 month range. So that's our internal goal. And we'll just kind of play off that 12 to 13 months. Lance McCullers had surgery on July 13th. So the soonest that Lance McCullers would come back would be July 13th. That's probably Can optimistic. I my day? Lance Mc- nope, nope, nope. You should have read. should have read. Link's been down there all day. That's on you. That's on you. And plus, I'm a little upset with you still. So a little bitter because you triggered me earlier. So Blankers, I think, is in play. He picked what date? Uh, 21st. Yeah, so he's still somewhat in play. I think Lance McCullers always misses timelines. So I'm going to go even – maybe this is a little bit optimistic, but still in the – he misses timelines. I'm going to go 14 months – after surgery on July 13th. You know, I'm they don't say, play August 15th, but I'll go August 16th. Lance, Lance McCullers makes his much-anticipated debut I, I'm not, or return. I'm, I'm debut. keeping my date. 
Okay? And yeah, that's, you should. We're April, not letting you change it. April 23rd, 2025. <laughs> <laughs> you never gave a year. I never gave a year. You never gave a year. So I think I have a better chance. We'll give you that. Okay. Well, April yeah, 23rd, you have a much better chance that year than you do for 24. So that's the first time I've read the 12 to 13 month time. What was your date? My date's August 16th. Okay. So 713 780 3776. Guess the date on a Lance McCullers return. Um, yeah, because I was with you, Joe. Like the last time we heard anything was like he might be throwing before spring training, which he, he does say he might be throwing before spring training, but I guess the ramp up period is going to be nuts. So he said a 12 to 13 month timeline. I guess when Dana Brown said the other day that they might get Luis Garcia and Lance McCullers back. Uh, by like July. Well, there you go. It's both of them. It's not one of them. So Lance McCullers in the summer, twelve to thirteen month. This I mean, could have had Tommy John. Could have had Tommy joke. John. This is just what drives me the nuts about this is I was adamant. I was I was losing it all the time. Going, why didn't he just get it done right after the White Sox series in the playoffs when you knew that it was something more than just a little bit of arm fatigue in the forearm, and the fact that it took so long. To get him to the point where he actually got the surgery, oh, it's frustrating, man. It's uh, I just I don't. First time I saw the timeline, I was like twelve to thirteen months. I just I don't understand. Like, okay, Michael Connor and I were literally in Chicago when all this happened. Like, he got hurt in that White Sox mm-hmm. series. We were there covering it for the other place, and like, I cannot believe that like we are here today talking about another year long rehab in which. To me, I think I have a better chance of being right than everyone else. Like, well, I mean, after you change, like, do you really think like if you're talking about <laughs> August and like late July, it's like August for Lance McCullers? It's, I mean, summer at the earliest. Like, it's the, the earliest. The season it's only goes till September. Summer at the earliest. He's your trade deadline acquisition. But at, my at best case scenario, when he could have had it done, when you knew that there was something major going on with his arm again. And it just kept being, oh, no, we're just going to do rehab. Oh, no, looks like it's going to be okay. No, no, we don't need surgery. What the hell were they doing? Like, what did they see or not see? It's weird bone? that he was throwing. It was off the he ball? Was throwing. That's what Lance said. Now, and he you... was throwing. That's what he said. Those two things don't. Unless he did don't it while he five. was throwing. While he was rehabbing and throwing, maybe it got worse. Could have. I mean, I think it, yeah, I think it's fair to say that. Like, I mean. If it's, Trying if it's, to ramp it up, and then if it's injured and you continue to throw with it, like yeah, it's going to be an issue. So Lance had his surgery July thirteenth, flexor tendon. Luis Garcia had his surgery May nineteenth, which was TJ. Which one pitches first for the Astros this year? Luis Garcia. Garcia. It's easy, right? It's a slam dunk. Luis Garcia had Tommy John. Lance had a flexor tendon surgery. Lance Garcia had it two months prior. Younger. And Luis Garcia is going to come back. First. Is this still twelve to fourteen months most of the time for Tommy John? Yeah, some guys ramp it up quicker. Some yeah. guys try to go quicker. I don't think they'll do that with Luis because he's pretty young and he's had a pretty good workload on his arm when he hadn't had a workload prior. So I, I think that July is probably fair. Younger. Like I, I, I would like go early less July medical with Luis. history, right? Garcia, this is his first time? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, and the fact that I'm not going to use the, the term that you use for McCullers, but let, Luis is not soft. Yeah. yeah, I think Garcia comes back. I think Lance is just broken. I think he's a little soft, too. I don't know if he's soft. I think, I think, he's, he's, just, I think he's all of the above. He's just broke. He's out there rescuing too many dogs instead Injury of having prone? the dog in him. I think uh, true. He's I, definitely injury prone. Even There's injury no prone, mm-hmm. it like, feels light. Like he's just he can't. It's impossible for him to stay healthy. Yeah. Him yeah. and Force Whitley, like they're not real people. I. 
That's who the airplane lady was looking at on the plane. Meanwhile, Astros fans are like freaking out because Forrest Whitley is throwing 98 to that Juco YouTube TV guy. I think that he's going to be on the big league opening day roster. I think so, too. In the bullpen. In the bullpen, yeah. Yeah, In the bullpen. Cash. Uh, How many coaches get fired this season in the NFL? Schefter says it could be between 7 and 10. Is he right? 713-780-3776. Killer Bees, ESPN 97.5 and ESPN 92.5.